This episode of the NFT QT podcast is brought to you by the NFT Handbook. The NFT Handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. Learn exactly what NFTs are, how they've evolved, and why they have value. You can find the NFT Handbook anywhere that books are sold. And also, the audiobook is now available. Yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Ryan, you in the building? Mm-hmm. Yo, we got Ryan. It's been a, it's been a minute, man. I've been doing shows without you. Yeah, I know you got all these high profile people now, and you just <laughs> kicked me to the curb, dog. Nah, man, nah, man. I think uh, you know it, the last few weeks have just been crazy because I've been having to do the shows at like odd times, and I, I didn't want to wake you up because I know you like to get your beauty sleep. No, of course, you know. I mean, we we can play the charade and everything, but I I know I know why why you're kicking me out. Why, why, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was some cool guests, yes, but we have even cooler guests today. Of course, man. I mean, do you know the people today? I mean, I know of their work, but we'll Ooh. we'll get to know the people behind the work pretty soon. Okay, all right. Well, let me go ahead and introduce. Today, we are going to be joined by Benny Orr and Kristen Shoemaker. They are the creators and producers of The Meeting Place. Now, I'm going to get into it, but let me just make sure they're on the line. Benny, you there? What's up? Yo, Christian, what about you? I'm here, man. Nice, right. to, nice to Thank you for having us. You're welcome. So the meeting place, as I understand it, is a ready-made work and play space anchored in the virtual reality realm that is being sold as an NFT. So the purpose is not to only offer a visually appealing piece of virtual architecture, but also a building that can be deployed in many virtual worlds and utilized as a meeting ground for designers and other professionals. I wrote about it on NFTQT.com and I posted it on Twitter, as we traditionally do. And you all are some of the first creators to hit me back and be like, yo, we want to hop on the show. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it tomorrow. And so we're here. And uh, Ryan, I know, has some thoughts, too, because he's been he's been yapping in my ear all morning about this. Yeah, no, I mean, we we we, we're like slowly kind of, you know, dipping our toes in metaverse content. We don't want to go too crazy because I think it's, you know, it's quickly becoming the new buzzword. And we want to make sure we're getting it right. But, you know, the meeting place felt like a good jumping off point. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, I want to start off. I, I know we have the people that created the meeting place and I obviously want to know why you created the meeting place. But before that, you all have have created a piece of architecture that has a reserve price of, of 25 ETH right now on super rare, which is uh, that's pretty substantial. That's almost what, like 100K uh, at, at East current price somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Right, give right. or take. Yeah. So yeah. give or take. So you don't just come in a game making a hundred K piece talking about the metaverse without knowing exactly what the metaverse is. So for both of you, what is the metaverse and how do you see it? Well, the metaverse, what is the million dollar question? I mean, the metaverse I think is, is, is the internet, right? It, it is this virtual um, embodied experience of our, of our connectivity in some ways, right? Like in my, in the manifesto that we wrote, you know, we talked about how, you know, we're, we're three-dimensional creatures living in a two-dimensional world, right? We still kind of access each other through our phones, through our computers. And the metaverse is really the final kind of frontier where we take, you know, we take these sort of two-dimensional ways of contacting each other and engaging with each other. And we turn it into a three-dimensional embodied experience um, of the internet. And so, you know, the meeting place in some ways is an example of which um, how we can begin to live our lives in a lot of ways um, inside of the metaverse. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, 
I think it's kind of like the internet growing up, you know, we've lived with this two dimensional internet for a while. And it, oh, I'm getting some feedback. You good? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I think that, uh, as things like, um, you know, the ability to exchange value via cryptocurrencies come online and it's more accessible to folks, um, the ability to experience the internet in 3d combining these technologies over time is going to lead to an internet that is fully embodied. And I think the potential of that, we don't fully understand right now, um, similar to how, uh, pieces of the internet, as we see it today came online back in the day. We couldn't have imagined kind of where we have ended up with things like social media, um, where it's at today, um, just based off kind of the ability to share pictures, right? We've created this whole new thing. Um, and I, I think that's what I'm most excited about with the, the, the metaverse is, is the potential of what we'll be able to do as a humanity, having all these technologies converge and kind of grow up together at the same time. No, that's, that's super fascinating to, to see as to see it as the internet being kind of unbundled and, and growing up and maturing. I, I remember watching Rugrats when I was a kid and there was like, I think when the two thousands hit, they had all grown up. You remember that show? Yeah. 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 Dude's talking Rugrats. No, I mean, that's like the internet. Right now. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's got better graphics. I love it. No, story. I mean, they were the first ones to make the VHS tapes orange. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that day. Oh. It was the like Reptar. Oh yeah, the the Repsar tapes. I remember. Yo, those should be. Where the Rugrats NFTs? Those would be something that I feel like I'd be into. Mm. You know, yeah. you're in a millennial podcast when we start talking about Rugrats, right? <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's how y'all describe the metaverse. You were saying it's the internet all grown up. I mean, I'm I'm with yeah. it, but I mean, I look at it and I'm like, all right, well, now that we're in this grown up, um, now that we're in this grown up metaverse per se or internet per se, I have this. This, this thinking where it makes sense that the meeting place would be a ready-made work in place space that's anchored in virtual reality because what you all are essentially doing is giving millennials what they want. You know, we go to Ikea to get our furniture. I, yeah. I can speak for myself. I don't know about Ryan. Ryan, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't own any furniture. You know, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I just live in virtual reality. He's a digital nomad already. <laughs> well, you know, I, I like that ready-made stuff. I want it to look pretty. I need it to be functional. It can't be too cheap, but I don't want to spend too much money. And I feel like, you know, once I have something I, I, I want to keep for a, a, a period of time, you know, Ikea gets me right. And the meeting place, that's essentially what you all are, are, are bringing. You're bringing the Ikea concepts to the metaverse and you're saying, hey, this is the spot to meet us at. Exactly. And, you know, it's kind of funny because we I feel like we've been watching videos promising the metaverse for forever, right? This like, oh, the future is coming. You're going to have these virtual homes like Facebook's, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's video was like all about that kind of really selling you this idea of a future in which you will have your personal spaces where you can host your friends and family and show off your NFT art, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that is in some ways, I mean, it's in always, it, it is true, you know, it's coming, you know, and, and the metaverse is everyone's racing to own as much of the metaverse as they possibly can right now. But for us, what, you know, from an artistic perspective, from a design perspective, where we came from was like, okay, well, you know, that's true. If that's true, then that means that we're going to have our own homes in the metaverse. We're going to have our virtual offices in the metaverse. And just like in the real world, those spaces are going to matter, right? Because if you're working in a, uh, you know, a, a terrible looking office all day, you're going to feel like crap by the end of the day. But if you work in a beautiful building, that changes 
you know, your mental health, you know, as Krista Kim, the Marcel's founder, you know, she, she talks about techism, how we can, how can we use technology to make us happier, healthier individuals, human beings, right? How can we use technology to enhance humanity? And I think sort of where we're coming from, from an artistic perspective is like, how can we begin to really create spaces that are inspired by art and design that are, you know, healthy and happy for human beings? That's cool. I mean, I also like that you coming from it as, you know, artistic and a design perspective, because also what's cool, you know, I don't know if you have engineers on your team or anything, um, but like the laws of physics don't necessarily even have to exist in these virtual spaces. So like, you know, an engineer just gets to like, you know, or, or an architect gets to just basically build in any way that they want. And I kind of see the meeting place as like, it's this, it's this gravity defying place almost. Exactly. Right. Like the, the, you can build whatever the hell you want in the metaverse. And, and, and that's kind of like where Cyril and I, Cyril, you know, for your listeners is the co-creator of the meeting place. He's a French artist living and working in Lyon and um, the language of the meeting place, the, the sort of modular idea of it is really uh, stems back to Cyril's body of work. He's been kind of experimenting with um, building structures out of these minimal uh, shapes, geometries, spheres, cubes, pyramids for a long time. Um, and so I, I would, I would, um, I would, you know, encourage you guys to look up his work. But um, but that's kind of where we, well, that was where we started, Cyril and I. We were like, okay, well, you know, we have this opportunity to build a space in the metaverse. So you know, what are we going to build? And we were kind of frustrated because you know, Christian actually found a a, a cubicle. Like somebody made a cubicle in the metaverse. Like, why would anyone want to live in a cubicle, you know, in the metaverse when we can be in a floating building? And so that's kind of where our inspiration came from. We're like, all right, let's 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 dream a little. Let's let's push the boundaries a little. But you know, at the same time, you know, you'll notice that we don't go all the way. Right. Like, you know, we could have created this like Wizard of Oz Wonderland with like unicorns and, and, and anything. And, you know, that that could be one way of approaching, you know, exploring the, the future and, and the possibilities. But what we what we built was actually something that is somewhere in between. Right. We didn't go all the way into unicorn lollipop land and we didn't build something that is grounded in physical reality that can be built. Right. We built something that is somewhere in between where it's floating. And if you, you know, if you look really carefully, the, the, the structural elements are actually detached from one another. So it's all and you know, as Cyril calls it an illusion in some ways. Right. But what we learned was that for us to really begin to uh, onboard people into the metaverse, we couldn't go to that extreme, right? Grandma doesn't want to be in a video game, right? Like, like there's the, the, the whole generation of people that, that think that going into the metaverse means going into roadblocks or into Decentraland. And, and what we're saying is that that doesn't have to be the case. And I think spatial's rendering um, technology is, is really helpful in that sense because the way that the model is rendered is very realistic looking uh, compared to the sort of QB video game cartoony world of like say Horizon on Facebook. Um, but ultimately what we created, well, what we tried to create was an accessible space, a space that people could go to that would feel um, familiar. But at the same time, you know, the more you study it, the more you realize it's impossible. So it's a way of um, getting people 
to ease into the metaverse rather than just being kind of like, here's this crazy environment, this is the future, la la la, like get used to it or, or you know, you're not on the train. Um, and I think that's, that's ultimately one of the big things for the meeting place for us is like, how do we create a space that people will actually want to be in? Um, not just the gamers, but like a larger population. And I think by doing this, we can begin to onboard, you know, humanity in some ways onto the metaverse. No, I think that that's a very eloquently put statement. The The thing that I'm curious, though, is you sound like you have this great vision for what the metaverse is and what it could be and how people are introduced to it. But why did you sell your GLB file? Because that's what it, that's what the, yeah. the person actually is buying. Yeah. And so for the people listening, a GLB file is is is. It's like a derivative of OBJ. Uh, it's a yeah. which is an object file. It's like a three D uh, imaging file that you can bring into computer graphics software and do cool things with, like three uh, D models, renders, etc. And you all are selling this GLB that will ideally have some interoperability standards across all the platforms at, cer at a certain point in time, right? right. Uh, we, we're not there yet, but we we do have a common understanding that that is the file type that developers are currently. Uh, working around and saying we could work with this and implement it in, in some capacities in these metaverses. But you could have started just making really dope Zoom backgrounds. Why not there and selling those as NFTs? Like why why go all the way for to, to GLBs, uh, mint it, create NFTs, sell them on Super Rare, and not just build a community first with just, you know, maybe really dope Zoom backgrounds or Microsoft team backgrounds or even uh, ways to, to pop up. And like, I, I don't Meta's doing all types of stuff. So I don't know what they're what the what the aesthetic would be. But you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like once one is a fully bodied social environment, a place where you can go and show off your art and import files and go on webcam and have conversations. The other one is a Zoom background. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I, no, I get it. But it's like, you know, it's like, I guess my, my question is, uh, and I'm not and I'm, I'm not cheapening your work. I think what you did is incredible. What I'm, I'm wondering is, is like, you know, there's a lot of people using Zoom, right? When I think about my grandma and you, the analogy that you said earlier, my grandma knows how to use uh, Facebook Messenger video and she knows how to use Zoom now. I would have yeah. never thought that statement would ever be true in my lifetime, but 2020 uh, proved us a lot of us wrong, right? And so right. Uh, now we're at this point where, you know, she knows how to blur her background. She knows how to make it look like she's in San Francisco or in the galaxy. And everyone's limited to these very blah backgrounds mm -hmm. and there's no spice there. And I think that yeah. that is the introduction to getting to a, a crazy GLB file because you have to interact and you have to care about yeah. the aesthetic. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if, I don't know if Yeezy could be Yeezy, uh, the, the Kanye West's shoe company. Um, if he, if, if, if he didn't start with the shoes, right. I mean, eventually, eventually it's now boots and it's, uh, you know, clothing and all types of accessories, but, he had to start with something that every, footwear, something that everybody like had to look at and consider, does this feel good and look good on my foot, feet? And it's kind of like, you know, you all are starting off with the GLB files. And I have to even explain that to my listeners because I don't I, I mean, we have a technical audience, but I think we're even getting into the technicalities for a technical audience. It's like level yeah. five right now. No, no, 100 percent. I think, you know, for me, in some ways, like 
starting with the meeting place is kind of my my base you know in some ways for your listeners my background i have a degree in architecture um i spent you know the last 10 years designing and creative directing live entertainment so you know concert stages like uh, olympic ceremonies props and and then staging and so my whole career in a lot of ways has been thinking about space um and then while i was building this entertainment um sort of profile i also started a platform on instagram where i make art accessible i, I talk about contemporary art in a personable way um in hopes that i can get people out of their living rooms and into the galleries to experience art for themselves right and so in some ways like the meeting place is um a combination of all of my thinkings in the last you know from my whole career in some ways like how do i make art accessible how do i think about the storytelling uh, um aspect of design environments but, and how do i combine these things so i want to i want to cut you off there a little bit because yeah. you, you've done some incredible work that a lot of people probably don't know um i i feel like a lot of people might have seen your work at dreamscapes because dreamscapes is huge or yeah. you saw the Apple uh, TV special about uh, Billie Eilish, and yeah. your work is featured in that because yeah, yeah, yeah. You did the early stage. contract work. You know, go to BennyOr.com and you can see his portfolio. But the the thing here is, you have been building these immersive, vibrant experiences that people pay for already. Like you know, I I pay a lot of money to go. Uh, see Little Wayne, right? Like if I go to a Little yeah. Wayne concert, I might be shelling out two hundred to three hundred dollars. Uh, if Ryan yeah. goes to see, you know, I don't know, he's probably going to see uh, the Wiggles live. Ryan's going to go see the Wiggles, and when he does that, you know, I mean, Ryan, how much is the Wiggles show? You don't even want to know. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, see. It's, it's probably it's probably expensive. It's probably like $100, right? And so he puts that $100 down, and you want to be impressed. You want to feel the music. You want to see the sounds. You want to see the lights. And you do that right now. Yeah. And you're saying this digital stuff is more exciting. Well, I think it's like Benny is an artist, first and foremost. And I think artists find new mediums all the time, right? Like Picasso did sculpture and painting and I think for Benny, it's like, he's always been interested in the, ex the human experience of an environment. And I think you're right to call this out though. This is a leap for sure. This is like going like two steps forward and then looking back and being like, hey everyone, like this is really dope. Like come join us over here. You're totally right on that. But I think that's, that's kind of the beauty of artistry that you can employ new mediums and in this case he's taking three different technologies yeah three modeling vr technology and nft technology and he's putting it into a new thing and saying hey let's actually build more of these because we're going to need them and i think that's where like that's the tie-in it's the artistry piece he's got it, leading got it, the got artistry. It. so it is a yes he could have designed zoom backgrounds <laughs> but this cooler man no, <laughs> like, no, no. i i know i because the people are gonna ask and wonder these questions like sometimes i'm asking the questions not because i i don't resonate with you i i see the vision i see where you're at and i think it takes tremendous risk i mean you have a career you don't you didn't have to touch this stuff and you would be fine you you yeah. you did take a step back as christian said and say hey down this other path over here on the trail there's a lot cooler stuff happening and people are gonna look at you because you're a pioneer you left the you left the beaten path and you're saying NFTs, VR, metaverses, these are the things that 
Uh, people are going to know and, and call experiences in the next, you know, five to 10 years. And, you know, I respect the hell out of that, Ryan. I mean, we, we, we highlighted you on NFTQT.com, not because we wanted to make light of it. It was more because we were like, yo, we need more Bennies. We need more Christians. We need more of this because the more people we have in this, in this society thinking about these ideas, uh, with the varied backgrounds, you bring perspectives that us techies, we're not thinking about, man. I mean, that's just the reality, yeah. Ryan. Like what, like what's your, are you thinking about the stuff that Benny's thinking about? Uh, absolutely not. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Ryan's over here. He's probably like, man, can you just expose me on these wiggles? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, you know, I'm the scapegoat over here. You know, the, the, the laughing, Quiet the now. laughing joke. No, I'm not, I'm not, you're not the laughing Let's joke. not forget who found the meeting place, Q. You did. Yeah, I got I to gotta keep it real. I got to keep it real. Ryan did find the meeting place. You know, I don't know what Discord server he was on, but he woke up at like, it was early, y'all. It was like 5 a.m. This no, dude. I just I just checked the PR newswire. You know, oh, I saw you, saw, you guys. You, saw, you guys oh, had a little PR for you. I so, was like, oh, okay, interesting. And I saw you. You had some like very interesting uh, people working on it as well. I saw Krista Kim was involved, and I was like, hold up, hold up. Krista Kim already sold like a massive digital estate in virtual reality um, with the Mars House. So like, talk to me about the other players that 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 kind of came together in this in this project. Absolutely. So, you know, we were very fortunate with this project that we had a lot of support from, you know, some amazing veterans in the industry. Like, again, Krista Kim, she's she's family to us. And then we've been, you know, really inspired by her work. And, you know, we've her and I have been artist friends for a while now. And she's been for years. She's like, you got to get into this NFT thing. You got to get into this game. You know, you're a genius. Like you've been doing this already with your dreamscape projects back in you know, 2016, like you need to like, you, you know, your work is perfect for this, you know? So she's been pushing me uh, from behind for a long time. And so in, in some ways when this happened, she's been um, super supportive. And I think she also recognizes the sort of um, what the project is um, when it really is an extension of her um, project with Mars House, right? Again, when Krista sold this, um, it was a, a 3D model and a video. At that point, you couldn't access it. It was, you know, in some ways, a piece of conceptual art, right? And um, when we built the meeting place, there was a different kind of relationship to it. We, and that's why Krista actually calls it a ready-made because um, we were the first people to not only sell a piece of real estate as an NFT, but we did the hard work to integrate it into a VR platform. So you jump into it you know, today, right? This idea that you can have a turnkey metaverse experience um, that is tied to an NFT is something that's unique and that hasn't been done quite yet. Um, but we also had Spatial, right? So Spatial is an incredible VR platform. They're really focused these days on building a creator's uh, community. Um, they were super helpful throughout the whole time to really help us, you know, get that model into the space and help us promote um, the project. And, um, and, you know, Spatial also connected us with Michael Potts at M2 Studios. And M2 Studios is a, uh, like a, a VR architecture studio. And um, they work very closely with Spatial as well. But, you know, Michael's been a veteran, you know, in the 
VR space and and actually, you know, we're not, you know, I do have a degree in architecture and serial as well, um, but I'm not quite that technical anymore. You know, I mean, I've been working more on a creative director capacity for a while. So, you know, I, I could maybe model the meeting place, you know, in Rhino or or uh, or C4D, but it would take me forever, you know, but um, what we learned actually um, as we were building it, it does take time, right? Like it does take time to bring an OBJ file um, and turning it and turn it into a GLB format, and then importing it in and making sure that the well, well, well let's 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 break that down because I, I think yeah, I, yeah. I I I know the the steps, right? But a lot of people don't. So OBJs are massive files, huge. Exactly. Um, traditionally, an OBJ, I mean, it could have. It could be you. It could be simple, but most OBJs that people want to reference or, or, or talk about are probably massive files, right? And so yeah. then, what you go that so then there's tiers to it. The way I understand it, there's high poly OBJs, and those are the big big files, and there's low poly OBJs where they don't look as nice, but uh, they start to look more like a, a traditional video game character or, or aesthetics, right. right? And then you take a low poly. And you can turn that into an even smaller file, like a G GLB, and there's others too. There's there's, yeah. there's a few other formats. Um, that takes time because you have yeah. to sculpt, or you have to render, or you have to remove. You're trying to you're trying. You basically you are envisioning what you currently have with less, and you keep going exactly. through that process until you get exactly where you need to be. Exactly. And, you know, the, the actual file, you know, we were talking to a lawyer about it and, you know, the file must be huge, right? You know, there must be crazy gas fees. We're like, it is like, what, 19.6 megabytes. Okay. Right. All right. This piece of real estate is 19.6 megabytes. Hold yeah. up, hold up, hold up. So you, you have a 19.6 megabyte file, but the contract, the buyer contract, it might, yeah. it's just, it's, it might be 19 megabytes too. You see, that's a pretty intense uh -huh. buyer contract. Right? Yeah, so let, let's talk about that because yeah, I think yeah, you, yeah. you brought that up in your article and it, it's the first time someone's mentioned the buyer's terms. So first, I was just glad that someone was reading that. that stuff. <laughs> I, I, I tried uh, to read it and I got a little bit lost at point one. And I was I was like, is this a red flag or is this like, am I just not understanding it right? But tell us. Yeah. Tell us what your perspective is on that. And well, then we're I, not I, I we're not attorneys. Our attorney, our perspective does not matter. We are not legal attorneys. You're not about to get us caught. Up. <laughs> See, Christian, Christian, you, you you've been hanging around too many lawyers. <laughs> well, I think, um, so look, I'll, I'll say this about the buyer's terms. First of all, when you buy something on super rare, you've agreed to a bunch of terms in that terms and conditions that you signed up. Um, so when you're collecting on super rare, you're already bound by a ton of buyer's terms. And in fact, the last page of our buyer's terms are copied directly from super rare. So I think, um, it's easy to think of this as like, wait, why is this huge document attached to it? But from our point of view, it's actually way more transparent and upfront about what you're buying and getting than what you would normally see on a normal kind of NFT drop on Super Rare, because you're already agreeing to a bunch of terms and conditions, get your account set up and your agreement and bidding um, that you're already bound by. And, and some of the things in the buyer's terms, you've already agreed to those. So we're not kind of um, adding anything on top. Um, the idea that an artist retains the IP right on their own work and the rights to copyright it, that's in the super rare terms. And when you buy an NFT, you are not buying the ability to copyright and own that IP from the artist. That's already in the super rare terms. 
And what we've done is actually been more forthright to say, hey, with this type of NFT, there's a lot of potential things that could happen. Someone could buy it and then sell tickets to enter the space. And how does that work? And if anything, if um, current law is any indication, most of this will fall under copyright law. And it, it's hard to say right now because there hasn't been a lot of cases around NFTs and using, you know, the, the copyrights in different ways. So it's kind of hard to tell how the courts would actually do this. But as of now, as I understand from my lawyer, based on the current legal landscape, everything is kind of attached to the current copyright law. There hasn't been a lot of cases where this has been hashed out in court. So it's kind of unclear of how this is going to turn out. But everyone is kind of assuming that it's going to be copyright law, which really protects artists and protects their work and allows artists to continue owning their work, the IP of their work, even if they sell the actual NFT. This kind of also applies to real art, right? Like if you buy a painting from an artist, it doesn't mean that you own the copyright to that painting. It means you have this painting in your house and you can hang it and look at it for as long as you want. And so I think point one is that like the super rare terms and the copyright law are already favoring artists and they're protecting artists so that they can really own their own artistry, which I think is a good thing that we should all agree that artists should retain that ability to say, this is my work. I made this like maybe you bought it, but I made it. Um, and then the second piece is that we've actually expanded the terms for the buyers in our buyer's contract. So we've allowed for things that wouldn't be normally allowed with the current super rare terms. Um, we've actually put that in writing in the buyer's term to say, hey, like if you want to make money off of TMP and sell tickets, like go for it. Um, let's have a conversation about that because again, the artists own that work. But we want to allow that and we want a partner in the end that's going to be comfortable kind of doing whatever they want with the with the space. So I think my message well, out to well, everyone out. Yeah. Well, I want to I, I think you you all passed the test, right? In in the test that I always put things through and Ryan knows this, but internally when I look at NFT projects, what separates the traditional like people just getting a baseline understanding of what an nft is so i'm talking about the pfp projects i'm talking about the images i'm talking about the art is what's up with the smart contract right like is there a smart contract do they understand it are they doing something and the fact that you all are doing something i've got to commend you because there's so many people that just they don't take that chance i wrote uh, the nft handbook uh with uh, an attorney matt fortnow and the reason for that was, you're right. All of this technology is based on current law that is very nuanced compared to where we could go. And if you don't actually start putting out the breadcrumbs, start putting out, you know, the thought prompts for the attorneys to kind of sink their teeth in and go deep down, you're going to be just you're just going to be in somebody's court case and they're going to be like, uh, the jurisdiction falls here. And that was not your artistic intent. That was not what you wanted as an output, but that's what you get. And so for you all to go down the path and say, Hey, these files need to be small, uh, 19 megabytes, because that's going to be key for interoperability. You know, you'll be able to see it on OpenSea, You'll be able to see it on super rare. You'll be able to see it in Decentraland, the sandbox, wherever this stuff pops up, we're making these files small enough so that, you know, the art can be experienced however the owner intends it. But at the same time, we're giving you a clear cut instructions on how we thought about the legal uh, con uh, constructs of these contracts 
as it stood today. And, you know, I think that's mad cool, right? So I got to commend you. If we had, like, an applause button and all that, I would I would press that button right yeah. now because this is that moment, right? Like, I feel like I feel like they're on Drink Champs right now. What do you feel like, Ryan? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they're on Drink Champs. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, thanks for clarifying it, first of all, because I know, I mean, I had written that article and I was, you know, because when you make a transaction on OpenSea or Super Rare or whatever, like, you're not always presented with those you know, those contractual obligations right away. And you, you put it in your own terms. And I appreciate that. I'm not very good at understanding what the legal language meant. So I thought it was wait, like, oh, dang, like the, they, no, the, the owners wig- of this can't do anything without. Wait, the Wiggles don't teach you legalese? Not yet. That's, 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 <laughs> in, that's in 20, that's in 2030. Once the whole audience is nah. like 40 years old, man. Like that, all grown up. When Wiggles I was grown up. Wiggles yeah, up. Wiggles oh, up. Yeah, not legalese, bro. How you, how you stay like, how do you keep the same five dudes for like, 40 years hey man chinese japanese <laughs> legalese i don't know <laughs> all right well i mean I, and, and you bring up a good point and like and we were very cognizant of that we understood that we were one of the first people to really do what we're doing and so we spent a lot of time working with our lawyer to craft a contract that we knew that people were going to use as references moving forward and so a lot of it was about protecting artists, making sure that I still got to use the meeting place in an artistic capacity that like, you know, because I've been screwed before with bad contracts. And so this is very much so um, not just for protecting TMP or for Cyril and I, but really us trying to move the sort of the, the, the pendulum forward um, in terms of how do we begin to think about um, artists' ownership over NFTs, particularly when it comes um, to these sort of functional um, environmental pieces. All right. So I got one last question for you because we're almost at time. As an artist, I know you don't have to answer this because I understand that like artists traditionally don't answer these types of questions because it gets like a little too into the box. But if you if you would answer it, I would I would greatly appreciate it. The listeners would greatly appreciate it. But Let's say I buy this piece, right? What's next? How do you envision the meeting place being used? That's that's what oh, I want to know. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I in in my greatest manifestations in my dreams, I want to turn the meeting place into like a, a a public space that people recognize, right? Like if you think about the in our physical planet, we have the Eiffel Tower, we have the Great Wall of China, we have the Great Pyramids. But we have a whole unbuilt reality happening, right? The metaverse is happening. So what are the uh, sort of architectural landmarks of the metaverse that humanity as a whole, as a zeitgeist, is beginning, are beginning to, are going to begin to recognize, right? I want the meeting place to turn into a forum where people know it as the place where ideas are exchanged. I want to host exhibitions in there that and bring in the sort of the, the people that are really shaping the realities of the 21st century and, and have them participate and have people come through. I, I think it all comes down at the end of the day to community, right? We we recognize that, you know, it's important about what the, the meeting place looks like, what it physically is, but what's even more important are the conversations that happen within it, right? Going to the meeting place by yourself is interesting, fun, but going to the meeting place and meeting somebody there is a completely different experience. And so, you know, I actually think this is a very easy uh, question to answer. Yeah. You know, the meeting place for me, the vision is to really uh, bring it to life, 
by having people come there and experience it and meet people and fall in love and and, and have ideas and, and create relationships. That's that's what I want the meeting place to be. Well, and, and, oh, go ahead, and Christian. we're looking for the, the right buyer. And so that I think that dovetails into the price. You did ask about this at the beginning. And I think we we put that reserve price for two reasons. One, because we you wanted to get rich. One, one, you wanted to get rich. Just nobody's retiring on twenty five ETH. <laughs> You're right, right. That's what the Wiggles taught you. Twenty five ETH <laughs> and twenty thirty five is a lot of money, bro. We will not. Let me make this super clear. Like we will not walk away rich with twenty five ETH. We don't get the full twenty five ETH. Super, super rare. Uh, that's what You're every artist is. You, you know, you did the side deal with super rare. Stop playing. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I did the super yeah, rare side deal. I, I, I talked to Zach. I, I talked to Zach. I, I know. Don't I, let Q get wow, in your head. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. no seriously. There, there's, a, there's a team of 10 plus that we are, we want to pay more money to. And like, as the price goes up, we've agreed to them that we're going to give them more of the share. So we, we are like sharing the wealth 100%. And, and it's and, like a TV show where y'all put the, the executive producer, the writer, the screenwriter. Oh, come on, Q. <laughs> let them be, man. <laughs> You gotta like ask it. the questions no, because all the partners are actually mentioned on the, the creator side too, okay, right? Okay, like so we it's... made sure that everybody had credit. I come from I mean I'm an artist and I've been screwed in the past okay. where I don't get any credit for my work. And so for me it's like really important that we pay everybody really well. We make sure that people know about their work and, and it's really about like spreading the joy. I love that point that you just made there, right? Because think about all the NFTs that have been created to date by big brands, entities institutions whatever you have it they don't credit people and no. you know they didn't make no. that stuff they don't have the skill sets they hired some little dev shop or they got on fiverr you know how much stuff i've seen literally there's a uh, the nft sells and i'll go on fiverr and then i'll like look for like <laughs> the project no and, then, like, no and you can even see some people are so idiots too because like they'll leave a comment but you know how, like you have to uncheck the attach your work so i yeah. just look at it and i'm like damn like these kids in the Philippines are like Pakistan. They like just slaved their asses off, made like a hundred bucks. And then some, some bozo deployed that asset on OpenSea and made a mint, right? Literally and figuratively. And I think that I respect you all a lot. And I know I, I, and jokingly, I cut you off, uh, but I, I did that because, you know, there's so many rug pulls. There's so many nonsensical things happening in this space these are the questions that people are wondering, right? Like if you're trying to sell something for 25 ETH, one ETH or 0.1 ETH, people want to know like, what am I buying? What, what do you want me to do with what I'm buying? Uh, where is this money going to go? Like, why'd you set the floor at 25? And I think the transparency here gives me trust and confidence that you're going to find the right home for this. Exactly. Thank you, man. Thank and you. that's, that's exactly, that's the second point It's like, we could have listed this with no minimum, but then we were worried that someone would buy it on the cheap and just, hold it. it and never or flip it or never really use it and we think the serious partner who's going to be like okay like i get it 25 ETH, i gotta come in serious and i gotta have a plan for what i'm going to do with tmp and that's the buyer we want to talk to the buyer that's going to like continue to invest in it and we from our side we're willing to help with programming boss you know benny has been creating shows and and programming all kinds of concerts so we're ready to activate the meeting place and we need the right partner and that's why the price is set at that point to share the wealth and to get the right partner all right well we're gonna we're gonna end on that note i'm gonna ask uh, benny 
Is it to the moon? Is it to the meeting place? Is it what's the what's the what's the phrase? <laughs> the other side. It's uh, to, we'll see you on the other side. To the, the other meta- side. All right, all right. To the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, to your listeners, if you guys want to check out the meeting place, let me just drop this here. Right. So if you if you want to go and hang out in the meeting place in the metaverse, it's a live space where anyone can hop in and like, met people from from like Europe or Russia. I've met kids even in there. Bro, you're gonna um, you're gonna bring Putin and all his people to my podcast. Come on, you gotta chill. <laughs> you gotta chill. I mean, man. if you want, I hear he's hard to book. Hey, so man, you, hey, man, you know, you go. You, go hard. <laughs> you, want, you see the sweat on my forehead right now, Ryan? Ryan, yeah. you you book Benny. No comment. <laughs> but, uh, what was I going to say? You yeah. Said- so if you want to come and check it out, go to uh, um, Spatial's website, which is spatial.io. You can make an account and an avatar in less than like three minutes, and you can just hop right in there under the Explore tab. There's a place called the Meeting Place, or you can find out more information at themeetingplace.io. Social or Instagram is the same thing, themeetingplace.io, and our Twitter is TMP. Uh, NFT. Um, again, you can access the meeting place through Spatial's app, website, um, or the best way to do it is in full VR. Please, please, if you have a headset and it's hiding in a closet somewhere, you know, pull it out, download Spatial, like go to the meeting place and you'll understand why, like, you know, the future is freaking here. It, it, you know, we've created a work of art that will make you feel, feel like, you know, reality, um, does belong in both digital and physical worlds.